This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Tell me what does it look like in heaven? You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Suicide Support in the Aftermath, and it's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Warren Brown from Staros right here in Hawke's Bay. How are you going, Warren? I'm great, thanks, Ken. Great to be here, as, not, as usual. Good yep. to have you here. We've just been having an uplifting uh, conversation before we came to where <laughs> Always uplifting, my friend. <laughs> and I think we were talking about uh, someone that you know, and someone that uh, recently was interviewed by Radio Kidnappers, who, who rose above adversity. And uh, when you look around, there are a lot of people in terrible situations who get on with life, don't they? And you think, wow, look at that person. They might have, you know, they might be blind or they might be deaf and blind or they might be, and they're living their life to the fullest. And here we are having a bit of a whinge <laughs> about life. And, well, that's know. right. I mean, the, you know, I agree, but the, it just shows you the, that, that power of positivity yeah, and, absolutely. And, and listening to someone else's story that that may be similar to yours and how helpful and beneficial that can be. How do you get that, though? Before we go much further, we'll, we'll talk about that, but um, just remind my listeners what Staros is all about. Yeah, sure. Uh, Staros began life as a, a support group for people affected by suicide back in 2012. Actually, in March, it'll be our 10th, wow, 10th year, so a, a decade of support for us, yeah, yeah, yeah which is phenomenally good for us i mean it's it's been amazing the people you meet etc but yeah so we started off a support group mm. I, I met another mum when we moved here to hawks bay who'd lost her son to suicide mm. i'd lost my son to suicide and there was at the time there was no support for bereaved by suicide people or people like us so we had a chat and decided to start our own group and in march 2012 we kicked it off well who can believe it? Ten years, I know. I know. It's it's just like that, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder though, if you wind the clock back those ten years, did you think ten years down the track that you'd be sitting here still talking about this group that you founded? Honestly, I had I had no idea. I mean, it was. I suppose once I decided I wanted to do something like this, it was always in the back of my mind that this is this is really what I wanted to do, mm. and the trust coming out of out of it has just added to that you know it's it's the opposite side of or not the opposite side but the other side of of supporting people it's who've lost somebody it's supporting people to be well Mm. you know so ultimately i i suppose you could say that we we're doing that so that we don't see as many people yes indeed that sort of thing so do you find that in your group and um the analogy i'm about to make is that normally you find that for instance people who support I don't know, let's say writing for the disabled or yep. the crippled children's society is it still called that I'm not sure um, probably not a very PC word to use anymore um, but you normally find that the people who are associated with that have someone who is involved you know, is, has got a disability are the people involved with your group all people who have been affected by suicide or do you have people from outside what you're going through as part of your organisation because they want to get in and help not because they've been affected um, well, everyone everyone involved with the trust has has lost someone to suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people we meet as through uh, as part of the support group side of it goes have have all lost people mm-hmm. to suicide. Uh, 
and I, I suppose it's you know it's that it's that lived experience thing. You yes. know, you know, it's like you you actually have an empathy for what we're talking about and what we're doing mm. because you're going through it yourself. So yeah. we we do have people contact us and say, "Oh, we'd you know we'd like to help," mm. um, but generally. Most of the time, a great majority of the time, it's people that um, have lost someone as well, and that we've, uh, you know, supported and they've contacted us as yeah. well. And the great thing about it is that because you have walked the walk, you know exactly where they're coming from. In some way, uh, you're, you're 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 quick to say that there are no two people's journeys are the same, but you, you've got a pretty good idea where they're coming from, haven't you? That's right. We've got an understanding yes. of it. I mean. Everyone's grief is different, Ken. Yes, know, indeed. And and all all manner of life and aspects of life, but and we can't possibly know each other's grief. No. But we can have a we have an understanding of what each other is going through, which which is very helpful. So bearing that in mind, as a, as the main factor that uh, when people say people like me and myself, I can just imagine how you feel. I bet you feel like saying you've got no an idea how I feel. But how do you get people on board to be empathetic with? your mission and to start th- thinking and talking about it because you know you're thinking about it and talking about it almost every single day you know because you're you're as busy as a beaver getting stuff organized and helping people out but how do you get those people outside of what you do because that's what we say talk about it talk about it talk about it there might be less of it how do you how do you, how do, you do that yeah we well, can't drag people kicking and screaming no, into, into this area or this space but what what we try and do and what we always want to do is provide people with options and opportunities where they can you know come along and and listen to for example listen to someone talk about their own story of where they've been and 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 see the positivity that emanates from these people when they speak you know it's some people have been through some incredibly difficult times and and you look at them and you think well but how how did you get to where you are now? Because yeah, you're so you're so positive, you're, you're so amazing. full of life in that. But and that's what we try and do. I mean, we we can't like I say, you can't force people to do anything, but provide them with options and opportunities. And with any luck, they you know they make their own informed choices based on good information they they hear, good information they hear, um, you know, or what the people are telling them you know those sort of things so for us you know we're we're always about being out there and talking about what we do and saying how it is good to tell your story and how it is good to talk so we'll just continue to do that and the more we talk about it the more people hear us talk about it the more people take that on board yeah now uh, the last time we spoke we mentioned uh, the book that you're in uh the bloke's book yep tane fire order and uh, I've been talking about it every single day on my show since you um, since you gave me a couple of copies of it. It's a marvelous book. It's a good book. And uh, your section, uh, suicide, grief, and support. This also it's, it's mostly uh, based around mental health. I think that would be fair to say that, wouldn't it? Um, and the other thing is it talks about heart health. But what sort of impressed me about the book in the main is that a lot of the stuff is it comes down to being quite simple. Yep. You know. Do the simple stuff. If you need help, ask. If you're feeling stressed out, get out of where you are. Go for a walk. Or like you say, you know, pick up the phone, talk to one of your three mates that you can rely on. But 
it does seem to be quite simple in many ways to get help and get yourself out of that uh, space that you're in. Yeah, that's right. I mean, don't underestimate simple. I say to anyone yeah, out exactly. there, don't, don't. go back to the simple stuff. I mean, we always <laughs> talked about it many times, but we always say, and I said to you, you know, you know say hi to your neighbour and yeah. smile at the lady that, or the person, sorry, at the checkout. Um, give someone a smile as you walk past them. Those sort of things. They don't have to react or don't have to give you anything, mm. but makes you feel better. And you never know the impact that it actually has on those people. But yeah, yeah simple. I mean, we don't try to be too complicated in what we do. We, we're very grassroots yeah. organisation. We're very you know community focused organisation. It, it's all about people. And when you we talk about people, then talk about them in in simple terms. Yeah. You know, because life can be simple. Do people? Overcomplicate things, like the things that we're talking about now, and just sort of try and drill down into it too deeply and try and think, oh, well, you know, the reason that you're like this, Ken, is because when you were four years old, something happened. I mean, is it good to go back that far, or is it better off to say, hey, look, you, you need some help. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's, let's not dwell on the past. Well, the thing about going back to those things is that, that that's where a lot of people's trauma is. Mm. is comes from it, and it's a lot where it's a lot of the time that's where it's locked yep as well um, i'm not saying that you know the this simple view of everything is is the only way because you still have to have um the experts in the field who, yes. can, who can who can manage you know the the higher risk um areas where people you know you know have really I don't know. Not come to terms with mm, with exactly. where their life is, and, yeah. and are struggling with a whole lot of different things. So, by all means, but it's a combination of both, isn't it? It's a combination of those professional services. It's a combination of people like us, all sort of working together to try and yeah. just help people navigate this this roller coaster we're on. And I suppose most people, even people who've got deep-rooted problems that go back to their childhood, it's again, it's simple for us to say, well, go and get some help. But as you found out, taking that first step is the hardest step of all, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we, we all know we need a bit of help, but how, how do you decide to take that first step and move forward? I, mean, I think the difficult thing is, is us as humans is that we try and fix things ourselves. Yeah, that is the problem. And then we'll continue to do that. But what we tend to do is, is we don't quite fix something or move through something, and something else will pop up. Yeah. And all, you know, try and have a bit go a bit of that as well. But we haven't sort of dealt with those early ones as well. Which, no. and that's the stuff that sort of backs up on you and uh, puts you into, into a corner. Really. Now you um, went and saw a counsellor. You only went once. Um, but did you did you make that decision on your own, or did your support? Your your family, your whanau that were around you at the time, did they also say to you, "Look, we recognise that you're in a, in a dark hole. You need to go and get some help." Or, or was that something that you just came to on your own accord? Oh, that was me. That was one of the first things I did. Because I'd, after my father passed away about nine years earlier, mm. I, I went through a difficult time and um, bad depression. You know, bad not depression, but periods of anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was then that I actually 
sought, you know, started seeking out a bit, a bit more help, and you know, th- through my GP, I, I went to a counsellor then, mm. and that was quite beneficial. I, I found it quite beneficial. So the yeah, the first thing I did after Stu died was just make sure I went and talked to someone about it. Did your GP suggest that, or did you just come to that conclusion on your own? No, that was me. I I, I did that. Mm. I actually mentioned to my GP what I was going to do. Yeah, you know because keeping them informed about what was happening as well. Because you're a bit out of the box in that case, and because I might suggest that probably most guys in particular wouldn't even mention it to the GP. I might go along and you think, geez, I should talk to the GP about this, but at the end of the day, you sort of bite on it and you don't, you don't do a deal. So why don't we do that? I mean, why don't we, why aren't we all like you and do that? Oh, yeah, we're all different, though, <laughs> yeah, aren't no. we? Hey, we're not, none of us are the same, which is probably a good thing. You know, who wants to live in a... A group of robots for the rest of your life. I mean, we, you know, I, I think probably most people. I might be broad brushing here, but most people would go and get a checkup at the doctors. I'd probably go once a year, probably yep. once, maybe once every two years. But I certainly would go at least every two years. Yep. And uh, about our physical health, but we don't even think about our mental health, do we? Well, no, I'm not, main. I'm, I'm not sure doctors have that, that long in your appointments <laughs> <laughs> if you really go into it. Fifteen in and fifteen yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you think about it if. Even even myself, when when someone asks how I am, and I've sort of learnt now that you know you, you're sort of it's not sizing people up. You get an you get an idea about whether people actually want to want to hear your story yes, right. or they don't. Because if they, it, you th- I'm thinking to myself, well, do you want to know the real reason, or, yeah, <laughs> or do you exactly. just want the you know um, let's get over this one and have a cup of coffee reason it is an automatic reflex so way to say if you know i say hey you going warren and automatically you see i'm not too bad of course it is yeah so but why don't we say the real juice why don't we say yeah well actually ken i'm a bit low yeah i, th- I think in the, in in the situations that'll that'll happen i mean you you, you trust people some people more than other people yeah i mean, I mean if you ask me that i'd, I'd Probably have a decent conversation with you. We've known each other for yes, a, we have for a, a few a few years. That's now, right. So. But why why don't we feel that we can do that? Even to people that we know, like you know, probably if most of my peers said to me, and I've known some people for fifty years that yep. I'm still friendly with. I'd say, yeah, oh, yeah, look, I'm okay. And if they said, oh, well, you don't seem to be okay, I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just working through it. I wouldn't open up. I'm that sort of guy. I just wouldn't open yep. up. Um, you were the sort of guy that would open up. Yeah. And uh, I'm the sort of guy that should be opening up and probably, you know, do something to myself if it got got too heavy on me. But yeah, why can't we just be all like you? Very good question, mate. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. You know, if I had the the golden egg on that one, you know, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, but, that's... <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I would be because I'd I'd, I'd want to share that as well. But yes. yeah, it's it's that. You know, we're all different. We're individuals, but again, it's a part of. As as what we do as as a trust and as as wanting that our people to be well, that's what we want to change as well. We want to. The more we talk about it, the more people hear it, and the more that you know that attitude changes. Yeah. So it's not going to change everyone's no. idea or view of the world, but of course not for the people it does. Well, how good is that? Yeah, and I suppose mental health is the unseen illness, isn't it? It's not like alcoholism where. You know, people might know that you're getting into the juice a bit much and, and help you out, and you can go to AA and, you know, say, I'm an alcoholic and whatever. And uh, it's the same with drugs, if you've got a drug dependency. But 
mental health is totally different, isn't it? Well, you're right. You're, it's, you can't see it. You can't see the broken leg or the mm. broken arm. Yeah, it's difficult. And a lot of the time, you know, there's a disconnect between what the heart feels and what the head thinks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's a, it's about aligning those as well because that's that's really important for me. So, if, you know, we can all rush off and do things just because, you know, oh, I think that's a good idea. But yeah. th- then you get that feeling, you think, well, I don't actually believe that's the right thing to do because it doesn't feel right. So. No, I know. Um, so how many times we've said this over the uh, 10 years that we've been making this program? Um, start talking about it, but... Start talking about it to who? I mean, did you start talking about it to your wife first or to your mates at work or? Whoever's going to listen. Yeah. Find somebody to listen. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, but it doesn't have to be a, a verbal communication. You might write some stuff down as well. I mean, or you might do it through an action. You know, you, you might, you know, sport might be your, your release and things mm. like that. Music might be. Yes. Music is probably your yes, release. Yes, that's right. You're big on music, but yeah. yeah, you can do anything that you can to to get it out. Yeah, and um, but getting it out into the broader community I, again. You've mentioned loads of times that you'd like to see this sort of subject being discussed in schools. Oh, schools, dinner tables, yeah, you know, workplaces, anywhere you can. You know, that just the way we talk about. That other thing that's going on at the moment, I can't remember what it is, but, <laughs> yeah. or, or the rugby team and those sort of things. You know, having those normal conversations about about stuff that that has an effect on us, you know, has an effect on how we feel, has an effect on how we think, and having those discussions because it's having those discussions that is going to you know help us, help each other, and and help the community as a whole. Can you imagine um, we might be having a completely different conversation if the amount of oxygen given to COVID and Omicron was given to mental health? Oh, for sure, mate. Can you yeah. imagine what a different world it would be? Yeah. I mean, there's a there's an ad on the TV at the moment for, for zero road deaths or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, suicide deaths every year is still twice the road toll, at least twice the road toll. Yeah. And there's still nothing about that. No. I mean, why don't we spend a bit... A bit more focus on that. A bit more, bit more resource coming to help with that. I mean, you know, we t- spoke before the thing. You know, we're talking about support, and as I said, we've been supporting people for a decade, yes. for ten years. Don't underestimate the importance of that support, and any, any one of us out there can do that. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a scenario. Two weeks ago, just under two weeks ago, went over to Rotorua. And um, my young fella, Matt, he'd entered the Tarawira Marathon, ultra marathon, 102 kilometres. I saw the before and after photo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, I know. He was a bit of a wreck after yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, I mean, he wanted, to, he wanted to do that for him. Mm. His why was about, because um, he, he, and he says himself, the, the grief that happened for him or happens for him because of losing his half-brother or his brother, um, he never really, um, you know, he, it, it never really hit him as much. Mm. But it, now he's starting to think about that stuff. Wow. And he knows what I do. And w- what he wanted to do is support us and raise, mon- raise, some, raise some money for us, which is a fantastic thing to do. 
to run 102 k's. Wow. Not sure that's, that's the thing I would do, but <laughs> good on him, man. And and but I went over there and supported him. I, I rode a great um, part of it with him. Mm-hmm. But he was never alone on that whole that whole day. It mm. took him 18 hours, I think. Wow. Through some, it was a pretty a, pretty mean that's course. That's outstanding, isn't it? It was a pretty mean course, yeah. yeah. But all through it, every time I looked at him and spoke with him, I said, how you doing, Matt? How you doing? He goes, he says, Dad, I'm good from here up, from, yeah. his, from his hip <laughs> yes. up. And to me, you know, his, his head was in a good space. Yeah. Everything else hurt like hell. But through that whole day, whether it was me or whether it was his mates, I mean, the last 30K, four of his mates ran with him. Mm. You know, He'd be it, running on empty, wouldn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. He was, he was, and at one stage when it got when it got quite dark there, and towards the end, he hit the wall a little bit, but mm. they kept they pulled him through. Yeah, and yeah, it was it's a fabulous thing to do, and anyone anyone out there can do that sort of thing. It's I'm not saying run 102 no, no, k's, exactly, but whatever you do, that support you have alongside you as you do that is incredibly important. Incredibly helpful, man. That's and, so yeah. cool. And that is, like you say, that is critical. Even if it's just someone picking up the phone and giving you a ring, yep. And or it's sending you a text, even checking in with you. You know, that's someone out there who cares for you enough to do that. Yep. You, right. you don't need to go to university for ten years or whatever to support another person. No. Exactly. I mean, you could just be a friend. Just. Or just be an acquaintance, yeah. just be someone who cares. Just to know that you're there. Yeah, I mean, empathy is within us all. We've talked about that before as well. Yes. Um, it's not something you can teach. Nope. You, can't, you can't train people to be empathetic. Yes. You, you have empathy or you don't. And so. don't be afraid to not necessarily open up, but don't be afraid to just get involved in a, in a very small way. Like, Absol- absolutely. Like waving to your neighbour. It doesn't have to be much at all. You you could say, oh, I want to I want to help out by putting the chairs out at an event or something like that. Don't underestimate how important that stuff is. Well, I heard a great one the other day, and I won't mention any names because you might not want me mentioning his name. But um, a friend of mine was a uh, had a knock on the door the other day, and uh, his neighbour said, "Are you all right?" And he said, "Yeah, well, why wouldn't I be?" And he said, "Well, because I notice your lawn is a bit long." And he said, "And your lawn is never long." And because um, it had been raining or whatever it was, so there's absolutely nothing wrong. But the guy said he was so impressed that someone would go, hey, is everything all right? Because things are a bit different to what they normally are. That's being a good neighbour. How it? good is that? <laughs> that eh? is great, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's all we're saying. I mean, don't, don't think you, you have to be, you know, go through all this, you know, this, all these learnings, this education, and you know, go to university, and that just to care about someone else and support somebody else because you don't got the university of life. Well, absolutely. Um, Zach Macquarie from Tito Timu Trust um, tells me all the time. He says, "I've got a QBE." What's that? <laughs> I said, well, qualified by experience. <laughs> yes, indeed. You cannot yeah. beat that. Can you? you can't beat that <laughs> stuff, mate. You cannot buy it. We're just about out of time. Just remind our listeners, Warren, if you want to get hold of uh, anyone from Starhouse, how do we do that? Yeah, sure. You can contact me on 027-286-4071, my colleague Sandra on 027-684-3033, or touch base through our Facebook page and website. And we can drop in to see you now because you're in two places. 
yeah, yeah. Well, you can. Uh, we've got a shared office space in at uh, Queen Street mm. East in Hastings. There, uh, we're in with Acorn Project and Child Cancer. Um, I'm there on Tuesday afternoons and Friday afternoons. So just touch base and we'll um, arrange a time. Come and see us. So, can we have a cup of tea that's gone? Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Good on you, Warren. My pleasure, as always. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place in two weeks' time. Same to you, Ken. Always a pleasure. Hey, know what they have. I've been some nights up in heaven since you arrived. Since you arrive. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.